The Real Estate Sessions is brought to you by Relola. The Relola app helps agents leverage their local expertise. Create a beautiful interactive map of everything you love about your community, from businesses to listings to local features. Share it on Facebook and your website. And it's free for all realtors in 2018. Learn more at relola.com. Everything we've done since uh, I joined has been a fulfillment of that vision. You want to be more personal and more human in the way that you communicate. You want to communicate more clearly. You want to connect with people more deeply. And ultimately, the consequence of both of those things is that you convert at a higher rate from you know the small micro yeses of, yes, I'll reply to this email, or yes, I'll pick up the phone and give you a call, to the ultimate yes of, yes, I choose you to list my home for sale. Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, where industry leaders share their stories and offer tips and advice for real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 132 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for sharing it with a friend. It's how we continue to grow and it's, it's, it keeps me going. I really love what I do here, sharing people's stories. And today I get to share a story of someone I've never met. In fact, we've never talked. However, I feel like I know him because of the way he uses video. And I'm talking about Ethan Butte, the vice president of marketing with BombBomb. Uh, I know that Everybody that listens to this podcast knows who I'm talking about when I mention BombBomb. But we're going to chat with Ethan a little bit, get his story, and then find out more about the company. Ethan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for the invitation. It's great to be here. Anyone that follows BombBomb knows who you are. You have done a wonderful job putting out amazing newsletters and content and and trying to help in my world, the real estate space is really important. And you're doing a ton to help realtors try and use video marketing. Uh, you have these wonderful, you know, vistas of Colorado Springs, but I don't think you're a native of Colorado Springs. Am I right with that? That's correct. Uh, I've been out here for uh, just shy of 12 years. Uh, I grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and uh, have also lived in Chicago, and they're all great places. But uh, you're right. Yeah, the scenery here is awesome, and the sun is one of our best uh, light sources especially in the mornings and the evenings. And I do like uh, recording videos outside. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, but first, let's talk about Grand Rapids. I almost you know, I had an opportunity to maybe relocate with the company to Grand Rapids. Instead, we ended up in St. Petersburg, Florida, which is, we're very happy with. But I've, I've heard some great things about you know, Grand Rapids in particular, um, close to the lake, but also like a really vibrant, growing downtown scene. Are you still connected to people back there? And Absolutely. My parents are there, um, my sister and her family, my wife's parents and her brother and his family. So we get back there often. And it is a it's a much more vibrant town even uh, than the town I left uh, 11 years ago or 12 years ago. So, um, yeah, it's great. I love visiting. And, and like you said, for folks who have not visited the Great Lakes, it's like the ocean, except with uh, fresh water smaller waves and uh, very few uh, deadly sea creatures. So it's uh, it's awesome to visit and Grand Rapids is as little as 30 minutes and as much as an hour from uh, a wide variety of beaches there. Now, unlike you, the beaches are only good a few months of the year, but um, yeah, it's a great place. Yeah, I, I think that uh, for people that haven't visited 
you know, the, the Great Lakes region. And I was lucky enough to visit down in, down in Ohio on Lake Erie, a little town called Conneaut, Ohio. And, and, and that whole thing, the big blue, I guess is what they call it. Right. But there are actual beaches and resorts and second home communities all up that coast in Michigan. Right. Correct. And, and in fact, there's a lot going on there up, up that whole West coast of Michigan. A lot of it is bought up out of Chicago for vacation homes. Uh, a lot of them, uh, in fact, several of the homes that I've stayed in along the lake are homes that are in the family and they stay in the family and uh, they just get passed down generations. It's a special spot. As I look back at your uh, your history, I noticed that uh, you chose the school that that favors blue as opposed to green. So you, you're a Wolverine and I know there's got to be some distinct split between Spartans and Wolverines in Michigan. Is that true? Yeah, some people take it a lot more seriously than other people or more aggressively or, or whatever, uh, however you want to describe it. But uh, for me, it was, uh, it was a no-brainer. I, I only applied to the University of Michigan. I didn't know what I wanted to study. And they have a lot of great programs. And I knew I could get in. It's a great school and it was in-state tuition and uh, loved it. Ann Arbor's a great town too. So how far are you from when Grand Rapids, where you grew up and went to high school, right? How how far a trek is it over to, to Ann Arbor? Uh, about an hour and 45. So, okay. you know, far enough that no one's, you know, your parents aren't going to drop in on you and surprise you on campus, uh, but close enough that you can get back for a weekend or for the holidays and things like that. Yeah, that's perfect. Now, while you're in school, you know, I'm wondering what your, your career path was. What were you studying? Uh, I ended up doing um, a major in communication and psychology. Uh, and that was mostly, I just love school. I loved going to class. I love learning all kinds of different stuff. And it wasn't until, you know, they forced me to declare a major that I did so. And at that point, it was, it was just, you know, what's the best path to, uh, to complete a degree in four years. And, um, and those things were pretty natural to me. Uh, communication and psychology are both interesting to me, but I didn't have a hardcore career direction or focus. I certainly obviously didn't go in pre-med or engineering or something with a clear, um, a more clear career path. I just went in, you know, liberal arts and studied things that were interesting to me. And you end up then, as you come out of school, within about a year or so, you went, you find yourself working at local television stations around uh, either, as you mentioned, in Michigan or Illinois. How did that? How did that come about? You know, so I started to put the picture together that uh, that this college experience was wrapping up, and that I'd need to parlay it into some kind of somewhat gainful employment or very gainful employment. I decided to start participating in more activities, and so I met a bunch of. Uh, people who were in the public relations club and they were talking about the internships that they were doing at uh, television stations, radio stations, newspapers over the summer. So when I got back to Grand Rapids for the summer, I worked a couple uh, jobs, but then also um, picked up an internship at the Fox affiliate there. And the woman I interned for was just an awesome, awesome person. Uh, she's still in broadcasting in West Michigan again now. And um, eventually she hired me, I think two years after my internship. So tell me what was your role? What were you doing at, because uh, there's lots of different you know parts to the puzzle. I have a really good friend of mine from high school was, uh, ended up being a reporter for 25 years with, uh, in Southern California. And so I've had a little bit of experience there, but what was your primary focus? 
Sure. Great question. I came into that business at a, at a great time, uh, which is the transition from linear editing, where you have a bunch of tape decks all connected and you're laying down um, a commercial or a spot uh, marketing piece uh, in linear fashion to, and that would typically require multiple people to get a spot uh, created where I could, I was a writer, producer, and editor. So I would, you know, get an assignment or create an assignment for myself kind of like an in-house agency for television stations and their different programming, the network programming and the syndicated programming and the locally produced stuff, events, contests, sports, newscasts, news stories, et cetera. So I I was working as an in-house writer, producer, and editor, and then eventually running teams of writers and producers and editors. And um, I could conceive the spot in my mind gather all the elements, whether it's, you know, people performing on camera or getting shots from here, there, and everywhere, choosing the music, getting the voiceover, creating or getting the graphics. And I could just sit in an editing bay on my own and and lay it all together. Now, anyone that's doing video in 2018 uh, and is maybe two or three or four years in, uh, you know, they get Adobe Premiere or Apple iMovie or something like that. And they just put a video together and that's how you do it. That wasn't how it was done when I just started in the industry. And so I was on the front edge of that. And uh, and it was just a, a pleasure and a privilege to be able to control all those aspects of a spot um, and have that, that creative vision from beginning to end and be able to touch all the parts of the process. Um, it was, I loved it. It was really fun. And the main thing it left me with was the ability to uh, write short form promotion, marketing, sales pieces um, at a very, very high rate of speed uh, because the pace inside most of the organizations I worked for were very, very fast. And I would think, so you're, you're probably doing some internal stuff, but you're also working with customers. So if I owned a, a little business and I wanted to advertise on that station, you would be the one I would talk to to help me come up with the creative and do all these things uh, to get it on the air. Uh, at a couple of the stations, those folks were uh, team members of mine, uh, but I very rarely did the um, very rarely did the local commercial production. I was almost exclusively focused on um, the station and its own products and in branding, imaging, okay. um, direct response, tune-in stuff. So those folks, yeah, typically um, are are aligned with the internal creatives. Uh, because it makes sense for them to to be together. Gotcha. Now, you mentioned about 12 years ago, you relocate to Colorado Springs. Uh, was that kind of a, a career choice? Was there an opportunity there to to move you out of the colder weather to different kind of cold weather? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good question. I've been camping and hiking in Arizona and Utah and Colorado. And um, I had an opportunity to come out here to run marketing at the local NBC station. And it, it, it was just a good time in our lives. My wife and my very young son at the time uh, and I, it was just a good time to try something new. And so we came out, we didn't know anybody. Uh, I just had a, you know, a job offer out here and uh, we just decided to go for it, to mix it up a little bit. And it's been great. Well, it seems like you're having a lot of fun from, from everything I see <laughs> with you, with you talking about, um, you know, the area that you live. I love it. But but let me so let me ask you about Bomb Bomb. I 
I believe I met Darren, one of the, I think Darren's the president and Connor is the CEO. I think, do I have that right? Correct. Yeah. And so I met Darren at a, I think to be quite honest, we were out having some drinks uh, with some people and Darren was there and we started talking about BombBomb and, and I asked him, you know, how did, how did this develop? And they, Darren and Connor have kind of the same background you do, right? They came out of local television. And so that gave them this opportunity to have this, I don't know, understanding of how video worked and operated. But then they decided to create this. But can you tie all that together for me? I know I've kind of laid it out there. Sure. Yeah. So I met Darren at the NBC affiliate here. He was running internet sales and I was the the marketing director. And uh, Connor had a background in, um, well, they had created a company together, uh, but that's that'd be an entirely different episode. So they 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 were both from Michigan. They both met out here, and Connor sold outdoor. He sold uh, billboards for an outdoor company, and uh, and Darren was running internet sales. And the two of them started BombBomb together. We, it was legally founded in two thousand six. So uh, you know we're well over a decade old. Um, it's it was only gosh, 2011 or so when when the sales and marketing function came up uh, and we got going with it. But um, I knew I was pretty much done with local television. It just wasn't interesting to me anymore. And uh, I was doing a lot of project work. And so I got working with Darren and Connor on writing some landing pages and writing some email campaigns and uh, making the first video, um, positioning the company. And uh, it was just great. I really enjoyed uh, what they were trying to do. And we'll get into that in a minute, I think. Mm-hmm. And they're just great guys to work with. And, and it just made sense. So I knew that I would join them whenever they ha- had uh, the opportunity to bring me on full time, that I would do that. It was just kind of a natural thing after working with them for a couple months. I got to tell you, if you're listening to the podcast this episode, you've got to go check out BombBomb's website. Um, just start digging around in there and have some fun. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure you have some input on how that thing looks, uh, Ethan, but it's it's just a spectacularly well laid out site that I could see why people probably contact you on a fairly regular basis going, oh, I'm going to be a part of your team. I love what you're doing. you know. And, uh, and maybe it is the three taps with the craft beer, but whatever it is, you know, there's, uh, I'm just guessing that you yeah. have a culture there that um, brings people to you. Is that is that an accurate assessment? We do. It's great. And and it's, you know, when we talk to brokers and owners and managers in uh, real estate brokerages, you know, some of the best ones are are enjoying the same privilege. They built a culture. They're doing what they do with with a clear intentionality. They're living it out every day, uh, operating from a clearly defined set of core values, taking opportunities to celebrate those core values and telling stories about them. And to make sure that we're we're actually living them, and so uh, we do. It's it's not difficult. You know, it depends on how specialized the role is. You know, Colorado Springs is not that big a town, and so we have some team members that are up in Denver. Um, because at a certain point, again, some of those highly specialized roles, it's just tough to find in Colorado Springs. But uh, in general, on average, it is not difficult uh, to find really good. Um, applicants and people applying, I'm using apply in air quotes, applying for jobs we haven't even posted, just reaching out because they want to, um, you know, be a part of what we're doing. And so it's an honor and it's a privilege, but it's also, you know, a lot of hard work and it's it's the intention. I and mean, Darren and Connor are both natural entrepreneurs. 
And in doing this now, you know, 12 year old company, they wanted to create a place where they wanted to work every day. And, and that spilled out. And, um, you know, a lot of the, the core employees, the original folks, like the first, you know, 30 people on board were all exclusively friends or friends of friends, um, you know, really good culture fits. And now, of course, we have the opportunity to draw from a, a wider pool, but we still use our own networks extensively um, to kind of preserve the the, the values and, um, you know, the culture that we've built. Let's, let's talk about you joined the company right around 2011 and it has evolved over that in just that time frame, right? So that's just, we'll call that seven years. Talk about a, a little bit about what the product was like when you started and, and what it's evolved into now. Sure. Good, great question. When we started, it was essentially an email marketing platform designed around video. And, uh, and that just means integrated video, integrated into the workflow um, of making and sending an email. At the time when I started, we didn't have our in-app recorder. Uh, if we had an iPhone app, it was really, really raw. And we didn't have an Android app. Um, we didn't have any of the CRM integrations and real estate platform integrations that we have now. It was really at its core manage your contacts and lists, create emails and send them out and easily put a video in there and track all the results. That was kind of the essence of it at the time. But the the main idea behind the entire company is over the past couple decades in particular, the messenger has been removed from the message. Our digital communication that we rely on every single day is increasingly faceless and it has been for a long time. And that's our emails, our text messages, and even a lot of our social media is the same black text on the same white screen. And it doesn't differentiate you. It doesn't build rapport. Um, it doesn't communicate as well as you do when you're in person. And so, you know, the, the founder's vision for this, you know, when Connor was selling billboards for Lamar advertising, he grew his sales list, or his prospect and customer list to the point where he couldn't get face to face with all of them as often as he wanted to. And so he imagined uh, that there'd be an easy way to just, you know, record a webcam video or any kind of video and send it out to set appointments, to say thank you, holiday greetings, um, contract renewals, all those kinds of things that you want to do in a warm human way. Uh, but you're relegated to plain typed out text. And so everything we've done since uh, I joined has been a fulfillment of that vision. You want to be more personal and more human in the way that you communicate. You want to communicate more clearly. You want to connect with people more deeply. And ultimately, the consequence of both of those things is that you convert at a higher rate from you know the small micro yeses of, yes, I'll reply to this email, or yes, I'll pick up the phone and give you a call, to the ultimate yes of, yes, I choose you to list my home for sale, or yes, I choose you when my friend asks, asks if, I, if they know a good real estate agent in the area. So um, the whole idea here is that it's more fun, more satisfying, and more effective to be yourself more often throughout the entire sales process. I got to ask this question. I've, I've, I've been asked this many times, and I don't, I don't know the answer. How did the name BombBomb come up? How was that chosen? Good one. So it was just popular slang at the time. He's the bomb. She's the bomb. It's the bomb. You're the bomb. And, um, and so as they were building out, you know, the, just the very 
early guts of the platform. Um, someone told Connor that he's the bomb.com, uh, you know, using the popular slang at the time, you're the bomb.com. And so uh, that just clicked with him. And uh, of course, bomb.com was not available, but bombbomb.com was. So we just went from there. And so the way that I'll kind of tie that back to the, to the previous answer is, you know, you are the bomb. You are your own best sales asset. You are the reason if you're in real estate, if you're in mortgage, if you're in insurance sales or financial services or even automotive sales, really any sales role uh, beyond a basic widget, right? Because Amazon will sell the widget all day. It doesn't need a human. The human doesn't add a lot of value to buying, you know, 20 of these, you know, $1 or $2 or $5 items. I don't need consultation on that. But all these other examples I just mentioned, you know, when they say yes, they're choosing you just as much as they're choosing your product or service. And especially for a real estate agent, um, who you are is so fundamental to the entire customer experience that, you know, you're the bomb and you need to lead with yourself. So anyway, I just want to tie that back. I like that. I like that answer. I'll, I'll be using that when people ask in the future. Was, was real estate the first thing on the minds of Darren and Connor as they were starting this? Or were they thinking in larger, kind of a bigger scale already? Or, or how did it, because it, for me, it's, it's, it's become something that's geared towards real estate. But as you mentioned, there's a lot of other verticals that can use this. Sure. I mean, again, anyone who wins through relationship and referral. For example, I did a series last year called Seven Stories. And what I was trying to do was create an additional distribution point for all these customer stories that came in, um, people explaining how and why they use BombBomb. And so um, the seven stories was I just gathered seven of them into each issue. And we're on the seventh floor of the Wells Fargo Tower in downtown Colorado Springs. So it kind of plays both ways there. And so you will see a lot of real estate folks in there. You'll see some more mortgage folks in there. You'll see a couple title folks in there. Um, but you'll also see a college professor at the University of Buffalo who is increasingly teaching courses online and the students don't know the professor. They're submitting work that they've put a lot of time into. And, you know, prior to finding BombBomb, his replies were plain typed out text and sometimes the meaning is confused or misunderstood or things that weren't meant to be harsh can be read that way. And so he's getting a massive amount of value from the ability to just hit record and talk to people directly in line from his inbox um, and giving real feedback and, and putting a face to his name and being able to just describe to a student what was good, what was bad, what needs to be improved, et cetera. And so anyone who wins through relationship, which would include a college professor, it would include um, a psychologist, a counselor, um, and of course, any of a variety of salespeople, uh, are going to win with the platform. And so when I joined, we were taking business from, you know, a wide variety of people. We were buying AdWords around video email. We knew the concept was solid, uh, but we didn't have that direct market fit yet. And fall 2011, Steve Passanelli, who's now our chief marketing officer, uh, at the time was working for Realtor.com top producer, and he and Chris Smith founded uh, Tech Savvy Agent. And Steve wrote a post. He somehow he found us by Googling. Um, he was looking for an alternative to constant contact and found us and loved the video component. 
and wrote a blog post about it. And so that day and like the, the two or three days after he published it and distributed it through Facebook and other means, our, our free trial count that day, because we have a two-week free trial on basically every page of the website, no credit card required. Um, you know, our free trials like doubled in this tight window from our normal averages. And we kept hearing his name on the phone. And so we reached out to him and was like, hey, thanks so much for finding us and writing that post. It's been great. You know, we've had a lot of activity the past couple of days. And we talked to him a little bit about why he thought this made sense for real estate. And we had some real estate customers in the database, but um, it wasn't nearly what we have now, which is, you know, real estate's about half of our business. And then another, you know, 10 to 15% is mortgage. And then the rest is, again, a wide, wide variety of uh, different businesses and industries. But we didn't, so to answer your question, we didn't set out to create a tool for real estate. It was just the first best obvious market fit. For example, we were doing a lot of business with uh, ministries and nonprofits. We had a lot of relationships there. There are a lot of nonprofits here in Colorado Springs, but you know, you'd go to a, to an event like a trade show or something, a conference, and uh, you talk to someone and say, oh my gosh, this would be great for our organization. I can think of 20 ways to use it. Let me go back and talk to our finance committee of eight people to see if I can uh, get $300 to subscribe for the year, right? right? Like right. low and payable. Whereas every single real estate agent has his or her own P&L and they can make these decisions on their own. And from an ROI standpoint, you know, for $300, $500, $1,500 a year, it's really easy to get that ROI back and you can see it for yourself and you can make that decision for yourself. And so there's just a lot of factors at play to make real estate our first best market fit. Um, and of course there are countless market fits based on some of the ideas we've already discussed. How important was the Inman community? You know, I know it's cause Steve's connected there through Chris and uh, you know, uh, how important was that for the, for the growth of that vertical? That's great. I mean, the, the, the community they have there is typically, um, you know, it's, it, it's a little bit of the who's who. So when you go to New York or San Francisco, everyone's there. The, the heads of marketing, the heads of technology, the heads of the companies, the heads of the brands and the brokerages, um, the heads of the other software companies. And so it's just a great place to connect uh, build relationships. Sometimes it immediately turns into an opportunity that, you know, bar both parties can uh, realize. Sometimes it just starts that relationship and years later it turns into something uh, specifically fruitful. And so for us, it's, you know, it's something that we always send, you know, four or five or six people to. It's something that will always uh, be physically present for um, in New York and San Francisco. And uh, it's it's neat what they're doing. Speaking of uh, neat, I got to ask you about something I found, you know, kind of looking at doing some research. You're on the board of directors for a, I think you, it's called a social enterprise, right? That's designed to help uh, a local food bank there in Southern Colorado, Care and Share Food Bank. Uh, I'd, yeah. love, I'd love for you to share what you're doing there because I, I can tell you're passionate about this. Thank you. And, and well done on the research. <laughs> um, so I, I was privileged to be invited into uh, the board of directors for a brand new social enterprise. The concept of a social enterprise, for anyone not familiar, is that it's a it's a means of generating revenue to drive a nonprofit forward. Typically, a nonprofit, and so um, it has a, a social 
beneficial component to it, but it is often a uh, for-profit business. In this case, it was a for-profit business uh, almost wholly owned by the food bank and all profit would go back in to support the food bank. And so more and more nonprofits are trying to do this. They don't want to be beholden to the ebbs and flows of corporate finance and do they have the ability to support you at the level they did before or, you know, going back to the well over and over um, to individuals to sustain their budgets. How do we create our own sustainable revenue? And so, um, Karen Share, which serves 31 counties, basically uh, everything south of Denver um, from one side of the state to the other through hundreds of partner agencies, they distribute millions of pounds of food for people facing hunger. They looked at their own core strengths. They were on a zero waste mission of their own. Um, and they were able to reduce the amount of uh, materials going to landfills by 85% in a two and a half year window. So they're, they were personally passionate about recycling, reuse, um, and reduce, reduce, reuse, recycle. And um, they have a huge core uh, competency in logistics because of the sheer volume of materials that they're handling and the different people, different organizations that they work through to get it from where it is to where it needs to go. And so uh, creating a recycling business uh, made sense for them. They've since internalized that. It's now, they made it an internal program to care and share. And uh, I was privileged to be invited onto the board of the food bank. So that'll get going for me next month. And uh, I'm really excited about it. It's really awesome what they're doing, the scale they're doing it, and, um, and the other folks that I'll be working with on the board. Thank you for doing that. Congratulations for the successes that uh, that that are, are about, that are going to come from your for your engagement. So that's wonderful. The only thing I'd add to that is, you know, it, it's easy it's easy to give money. It's less easy to give time. And anyone that's listening to a podcast like this is obviously into personal growth. They're inter interested in stories and how people got from here to there and like the backstories of things. You're doing a great job around these themes. And so if you're listening to a podcast like this, you may take for granted all the things you have to offer. Um, it's it, For me, as someone who is always trying to improve myself, I'm always looking up at people who I feel are more accomplished uh, and more polished and more everything, right? Like I'm always looking up and I feel like I could always be more. It's, it's easy to lose sight of what you have to offer. And so there are, whether you're passionate about um, creating a more sustainable climate in your community, feeding the hungry or doing anything else. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, you have a lot to offer any of a variety of organizations in your community. And I'm sure they would be happy to have you participate in any way possible. Uh, well said, Ethan. Well said. Let me. I, I've had you here over the half hour, I promise, and I know it, you're busy. I'm in the middle of your day here. I, I want to um, ask you the same final question I've asked every single guest on the podcast. And I know you've never been a realtor, neither have I, but we both work very closely you know, with the industry. Um, and so the question is this, if you could give one piece of advice to a new agent just getting started in the business, what would it be? It's a little bit, um, because of the nature of the work that we do, a little bit self-serving, but I think video is just beginning. I think 
a lot of the established folks in the business look at video as um, today's novelty or parlor trick or shiny penny or whatever you want to call it. But it's fundamentally about being who you are. And so depending, especially if you're in a town where there aren't a lot of people doing it, taking that opportunity to highlight um, the schools and the parks and the local businesses and the neighborhoods, along with things like your listings uh, and your brokerage and those kinds of things. When you look at video for communication, not just for marketing purposes, uh, you're setting yourself up for a lot of success. And, you know, Bill, I think you would say this too from all the podcasts you've already done. By approaching video in that way, um, you're going to have conversations with a lot of people. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to make a lot of connections and you're going to understand your community and your business even better too. So it feels a little self-serving to say it, but I honestly feel like video, especially in the context of communication, not just, you know, hire a guy and put a budget of $2,000 behind it and look like you're amazing, like a television commercial or a film trailer, this ability to use your phone or your webcam to uh, to make connections with other people uh, and to prop up what's amazing about your community is a huge underserved um, opportunity and a great place for someone new to the business to start. Ethan, if somebody wants to reach out to you, they have questions for you or even want information about BombBomb, where should they go? Um, BombBomb is B-O-M-B, B-O-M-B. It's the word bomb twice at BombBomb.com and on all the social networks as BombBomb. And uh, I'm Ethan Butte, E-T-H-A-N, last name is Butte, B-E-U-T-E, and I am uh, Ethan at BombBomb by email and uh, Ethan Butte on all the social networks. Ethan, thank you for your time today. Thank you for, your, for your, really your great story. Uh, love how passionate you are about what you do. It comes through in everything you produce. Uh, so keep up that great work. Thank you again so much for the invite. It's been fun, and I hope someone... Uh, took something away from this that makes them look at everything a little bit differently.